This morning we're talking about prayer. <clears throat> what is prayer? I know for some of you, some of us, that may seem silly, right? It might seem like a kind of a rhetorical question, but it's really not. Because um, there is some confusion today. Just this morning, I'm getting ready and I have the news on. And the newscaster on there, she was talking about a dog that has passed away. She showed the picture of the dog and was like, you know, we, this dog, whatever the name was, I guess somebody in the, on staff there, whatever. Dog. And then she goes, you know, and so we just, you know, we really want to, our, uh, and you could just tell she was confused for a second. She didn't know exactly what to say. She goes, our, our um, you know, our thoughts are with you, Rover, like about the dog, to the dog. The dog's dead, but she's like, our thoughts are, are with you, Rover. <laughs> our thoughts are, and you know that usually, typically people say like, our, pray, our thoughts and prayers are with you. You know, you've heard that recently, and even that's come under fire recently. And the reason it's come under fire is because we really don't know what we're talking about, right? We're throwing that out there. It sounds good. It sounds nice. Uh, Hudson's got to jump on an airplane this morning. Thanks, Hudson. Have a safe trip. Our thoughts are with you. Um, but it's like uh, there's a little bit of confusion. And so we're going to wrap up this um, message series that we've been going through in the fall over the next two weeks uh, on Q&A uh, with Christ. And this week and next week, we'll finish up with two messages on prayer. And we're going to look specifically at the Lord's Prayer as Jesus shared it in Luke chapter 11 and Matthew chapter 6. You know, the Lord's Prayer has, has held a special place in, in cultures and especially in religious circles since Jesus said it. But oftentimes it's used as some magical statement that people will just recite out of religious duty or even superstition. Um, but I want us to dig in today to the real message that Christ was sharing when he spoke about prayer, when he instructed the disciples what it means to pray, pray and how to approach the Father. And so we're going to begin with Luke chapter 11 and verse 1 this morning, uh, reading the passage that says, uh, beginning in verse 1, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Let's pray. God, be glorified this morning in your word. Holy Spirit, apply it to our lives. May we be doers and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of today's message is How to Pray. Because um, this will actually be a two-week kind of uh, mini-series that I put Oh, why pray? Sorry. Um, actually, uh, next week is how to pray. This week is why pray. Because it will be a two-week uh, series. Um, and I'm cheating here a little bit this morning as I use this, or as I look into this passage of Scripture. Um, because technically, as you saw in the, in the passage, they didn't ask a question, right? Uh, but it really is. A question. Verse 1, you know, they say, Lord, teach us to pray. But the disciples knew, um, they knew that they couldn't demand Jesus to teach them anything, right? So really it was, it was at the heart of the statement, it's kind of a question, right? It's like, Lord, teach us to pray? That's how I take it anyway. Um, 
Jesus has been traveling. They heard him praying, right? They wanted to know what was that he was doing and how was he doing it? How did he know that it was getting to the Father? Because I'm sure a lot of them were religious or had been in religious settings where they had some sort of prayer and didn't really know if this is just hitting the ceiling or if it's reaching the ears of God. And so Jesus said, I am the Son of God. They knew who he was. And so when they heard him pray, they said, we want some of that. We want the real thing. Um, The text tells us Jesus was praying, and as they heard him, they were impressed, and thus came this request. They wanted a prayer. They they wanted to pray. They wanted effective prayers. All of us do, right? Prayers that are heard, prayers that are legitimate. If we're to be honest this morning, that's in all of us. We don't want our prayers to be just an exercise in futility, right? Just Just a... Empty babbling, which is what the world would call it. Empty, ignorant babbling. I've heard plenty of jokes and attacks recently on prayer. It's represented as, you know, silly fantasy by uh, many in the media and in popular culture. It's become a political football for the right and for the left. It's been said, uh, we mock what we don't understand. And I think that's true of prayer. When people say, keep your prayers, they don't really know what they're saying. And it may be true, the kind of prayer that you're talking about, maybe, maybe you can keep that. But um, prayer is a magnificent gift from God. Prayer, according to Scripture, is, is a powerful, according to Scripture, is a powerful time of not only speaking to, but hearing from God, God Almighty. And so we're going to spend today and next week looking at Jesus' response on praying. But first, before we get to how to pray, that's how I got a little confused, we need to look at why pray. Because it doesn't really matter what you say if we don't really understand why it is that we're coming to the Father. A lot of our confusion comes because we really don't understand the reason to pray or the power in it. We don't understand God's perspective of it. It is His idea. This is not something, a practice that we've cleverly invented. But as in everything, we've taken it and for many we've lost it. And so let's take a brief scan of Scripture this morning. Uh, we'll, we'll go away from this passage this morning a little bit because I want us to scan all the way through Scripture, through the Old Testament, New Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, the words of Jesus, the words of the prophets. Why pray? And the first reason that we pray is because God wants it. God desires that we pray. Psalm fifty fifteen says, "'Call upon me in the day of trouble.'" I will deliver you and you will honor me. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God wants to hear from you and me. He wants us to come to him, which is kind of crazy. You know, I see... I see uh, I see celebrities all the time in this neighborhood. The coffee shop, walking down the street, the grocery store, whatever. And I never speak to them, right? I never approach them because this is where they live, right? You don't want to bother them. Um, but I'm sure they see me self- taking selfies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure Kevin Bacon, when I'm, I stand in front of him and take a selfie over my shoulder, I'm sure he knows what I'm doing. Um, but... Here's the thing, God Almighty, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, wants you and me 
to come to him, to speak to him, to spend time with him. Because God created us for a relationship with him. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around, right? God Almighty, creator of the heavens and earth, desires me? It's crazy. But that, in that right there is a breakthrough that's necessary to get past that wall of doubt. To begin to crumble the doubt in our hearts when we realize that God loves me, cares for me, and desires communion with me. Now, we all have those people in our, in our lives, if we're honest, that we have to be in the right mood to take their call. You know what I'm saying? I know this is something that nobody talks about, but it's true, you know. None of you are that for me, just so you know. But, you know, you're not in the mood for it. You know it's going to be a long conversation or about drama or whatever. I have a friend who calls me only when they're in the car going somewhere. If they call me, I know they're on their way somewhere and just, they just want to talk. And it doesn't matter that I'm, <laughs> I'm in the middle of something, that I'm busy. So, um, so I have to be in the right mood. But God calls us to talk to him, to come to him all day, every day to be in a, in a uh, mode of communion with him all the time. He always wants to hear from us. We're not bothering him. Yes, he sees our hearts. He knows what you need. He knows your concern, but he desires for you to come to him, to slow down, to rest, to commune with him. That's why he created us. As hard as, as, hard as it is for our minds to wrap around, the God of the universe wants you and I to spend time with him. Now, don't get me wrong. He's not desperate for it, right? But he desires it. He knows that it is ultimately for your benefit and for mine to spend time with him, to come to him. He knows that. When my oldest son was away at college, uh, I used to watch his bank account because we had uh, access to that while he was gone. We'd give him a little bit of money for a certain amount of time. And I could see it like two days after he got back to school, it was at like 20 cents. It's like he would just go out and blow all the little, the little, not all the money, but the little bit that we gave him. And I would see it for like three weeks. He wouldn't, he, there would be 20 cents. And I'm thinking, how is he eating? How is he living? But he would not call. He would not contact us. But I knew that he was just going hungry, right? I knew that he needed some help. Uh, we, I don't know if we ever got him the pillow, but we saw a pillow that we wanted him to have for his, his room in college. It says, call your mother. <laughs> Anytime you look at it, call your mother. But he, he bowed up against that. He pushed back, that, uh, back against that a little bit. And a lot of us, that's our relationship with God. We know that we are saved. We know that um, we, have a, we have salvation taken care of in our lives. We know that God is there, but we don't spend time with him. He desires it. So we know that he desires it. That's the first reason, first and foremost, why we pray. It's obedience. But number two, God hears it. God hears our prayers. Jeremiah 29, 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. That's amazing. Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. How does God hear? He hears, he hears because we call on him in truth, according to his word, according to his truth. You know, you hear people say, live your truth. No, it's about God's truth. When we come to him in his truth, when we don't try to change God into what we want, 
We don't try to adjust him to our lives. We come to him according to who he is and according to his truth about who he says that I am. Do you have any friends that anytime you want to connect with them, if you want to get together with them, you got to make all the sacrifice. You got to make all the adjustments. You got to come to them. You got to come at the time that they want you to. And then once you get together, you got to talk about all the stuff that they want to talk to you about, right? They control the conversation. And so um, that's not the way we come to God. God doesn't adjust for us. He wants us to come to him in truth, the truth of who he is and who we are. So maybe we approach a question from this. Why does God not, why does God not hear my prayers, right? Because we do not call on him in truth, which means what? Which means, firstly, sincerely. We come to him Sincerely, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Sincerely, we come in truth and honesty. We're honest before him, but also with humility. Because we are sinners. We come to to a holy God, but we are sinners. And the only way we can come is through Christ, right? He says in Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you that he will not hear. See, I have to recognize my imperfection, and I have to recognize God's holiness, and that Jesus Christ is the bridge. Jesus Christ is the one who made that access available. That is the truth, right? So coming to the Father in truth means, first of all, coming through Christ, Not a priest, not my good works, not by religion, not by sincerity, but through Christ. Because we can be sincere and be wrong. So we come through Christ firstly, then we open up our hearts sincerely and talk to the Father. As a kid, I always heard people at church praying, right? And they would end the prayer with, in Jesus' name, amen. And I never really knew what that meant, but that's how I started praying. That's how I started ending all my prayers, in Jesus' name, amen. But what I've come to understand is that when I come to the Father in prayer, I'm not coming out of my own merit. I'm not just addressing the Father out of my own goodness, or my ability to say the right things, or to use clever words or religious words. I'm not coming in my own righteousness. I'm coming to the throne of a holy God covered by Jesus, by his holiness, by his blood that he shed for my sin. I approach God Almighty, and he tells me that I am heard because I come through Christ. It's by the name of Jesus that I come the name that we sang about just a moment ago. That is the gospel, that I can come to the Father through Christ. He makes me righteous. He makes me able to come to the Father and to be heard. And the first conversation, the first prayer that I actually have with the Father is a prayer of faith in Jesus as my Savior, as my representative, right? In the Jewish religion, before Jesus came, the high priest was the only one who could approach God. 
Once a year uh, during the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur, which they still celebrate, the priest would enter that place, that holy of holies, to, sac- to make the sacrifice for the sins of, of the people. Remember what happened when Jesus was crucified on the cross? In the middle of that, that veil that was in the Holy of Holies that only the high priest could go by was torn in two so that you and I have access to God Almighty, to the Most High God through the blood of Christ through the sacrifice that he made, we can come to the Father with our sin, with our confession, with our hurts, with our cares, our burdens, and he tells us that he hears us. So conversely, I have no confidence. There's no reason for me to have any confidence that my prayers are received or even reach the ears of God when I come to God relying on my own righteousness, my own qualifications, my own ability to say the right thing. That prayer must be a prayer of faith that I recognize Jesus first and foremost as my representative. And so when we accept Christ as Savior into our lives, now we have access. And so then as we pray, when you and I have unlimited access to the Father, and we say these prayers, we come to the end of the prayer, and I say, in Jesus' name, it's just a reminder. It's not like God's going, "Mm, I'm not sure if I'm going to take that or not. Well, in Jesus' name, oh, okay, that's good. No, it's just a recognition. It's a It's a reminder of, I don't come, Lord, I don't come in my own power. I'm coming to you in the name of Jesus because I know that it's by his qualifications that you hear my prayers. So why prayer? Because God desires it, he hears it, and he responds to it. God responds to our prayers, which is amazing, right? The 91st Psalm, verse 15, God himself says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Right? This is is God saying, I will respond. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Right? He says, Anything according to his will. That's a key word, phrase right there. According to his will. See, notice through this whole process, this is not just some casual Christmas list that we bring to the Lord. At the heart of this, at the heart of prayer, is what it means to have a relationship with God. It's a big deal. Yes, through Christ we have complete access. But it's about recentering my life and focus around God. It's yet another form of placing my life in his hands, turning from my desires, my own perspective towards his. That means our prayers, our requests, when we bring them, we're placing them under the lordship of Christ. We understand that he has a bigger story that he's working out, right? He has a bigger story than what's the the temporary circumstances, the situations we find ourselves in. And that story is for his glory and for our good, Scripture tells us. Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, he will give. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Hebrews 4, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All these promises here. God gives, he acts, we receive, we find. See, God responds. There's a saying 
um, that I've heard many times growing up in church, and it's, God always answers your prayers, but it's either yes, no, or wait. And I've always been like, what? That sounds like a cop-out. <laughs> I always thought, what, does, what is that? That doesn't make sense to me. And it's not scripture, but listen, there is a truth in it. God does hear. God does respond. But we don't always recognize the answer. Right? Because God's not limited to the answers and the list of resources that I have in my small mind. He's working. I can't tell you how many times God has moved in ways that I did not expect. And here's the thing about faith. There are times when I still don't know what God did when I asked him. When I went through a certain season or when I gave him some prayer requests, I still, it's not obvious to me what the answer is. But what faith means is that I believe that he did. I believe that he does. Faith means when God says, I will give, I will act, I've got you, I believe him. And that gives me confidence even in the darkest night at the bedside of a loved one or in difficulties, my own sickness or my own difficulty. I can have strength and I can have confidence because I know God is faithful even when I don't completely understand what he's doing. So you can be confident this morning. God hears. God wants you to come to him. He hears you. He responds to your prayers and to mine. And then finally, prayer changes me. Like I was just talking about, when I come in faith, I see life through a different lens. I see life and what is truly important. I see circumstances from God's perspective more and more and less from my limited, often shallow, prideful perspective. Because left to myself, listen, I've proven over and over again, I am selfish. I am self-centered. I am short-sighted. I am defensive. Psalmist wrote in 70, the 73rd Psalm, and we talked about this a little bit last week, I think, but when I thought how to understand this, this is the psalmist. Remember, I said he's, he's been coming to God. He's he's. He's upset because he sees the wicked prospering. He sees all the good happening for them. And he sees, I'm trying, I'm praying, I'm trying to do these things. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the right thing. And yet the world around me, they, they do whatever they want and they prosper and they mock me. In the middle of this psalm, it says, But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed a wearisome task. It was wearing me out. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. See, then I got discernment. When I came into the presence of God Almighty, when I fixed my eyes on Him and not the circumstances, not the wicked, not the things that were going wrong in my life, but I turned my attention towards Him, the psalmist says, then I understood. He says, I, throughout that psalm, he says, I was envious. I was aggravated. I was dis, disheartened. I was confused, a little angry until I turned my eyes to the Lord, to the eternal Savior who was and is and will be forevermore. Then my perspective changed. Soren Kierkegaard said, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. 
Now, God has promised to respond to our prayers, but sometimes the answer to our prayers is in me, is a change in me. Not only that, but prayer changes my posture from looking outward and the things around me, the circumstances around me, to looking upward. Prayer puts me in a posture of dependence and faith. When I come to the Father, just the very act of coming to Him in prayer and and making my requests known and, and casting my cares on Him changes my posture from walking around solving things on my own to one of humility and faith. Prayer is a demonstration of faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. See, the ultimate change comes in me when I humble myself before God and shift my faith from me to Jesus, who makes it possible to approach a holy God. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. said, Faith is taking the first step when you can't see the whole staircase. Faith is the key to prayer. Faith is the key to any relationship with God. By faith, approaching God by the access provided through Jesus. And then in confidence, just as Jesus said, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So bowing my heart, coming to the Lord in prayer is the first step. It's an ongoing step, but it's a step of faith in Christ. It's a demonstration of faith. Believing that my prayers, like I said, don't just bounce off these walls and the ceiling. They touch the ears and the heart of Almighty God. Prayer is not about centering myself. I'm going to finish with this. A lot of times we we use prayer and we've kind of... We take prayer and we've kind of shifted it over and you see people talking about meditation and it kind of, they become the same thing. It's not. I'm not, prayer is not me centering on myself or on the universe. No. Prayer is me centering on God. God's truth, who he is, what he says, what he promises, what he calls, what he expects, all those things. I am, I am recentering myself on him. A lot of these other uh, practices that we do not I'm not saying anything about them but they're not that prayer is me centering myself on God and that is critical that we do that constantly over and over again because if you're like me and you are in this way my shift is towards myself slippery slope all leads back to me and so why pray because God desires it He hears it. He responds to it. It changes me. And that's enough. That's enough. This morning, God is waiting on you. Now, without Christ, that veil is still there, right? Our sin has still put a wall between us and a holy God. But if you come by faith, first and foremost, in Jesus to take your sin, to be your representative before God, to be that high priest, then you have access to the Most High. And so, Christian, this morning, don't neglect this gift of prayer. It's a necessity for that abundant life that Jesus promised, for communion with the Lord, 
He is listening and he will act. So that's why we pray. Next week, we're going to talk about um, the way in which we should pray. And we'll look through that actual prayer that Jesus gives and we'll dissect that. Um, We'll dig into it, what he teaches the disciples about, what it is uh, that we say and, and approach how exactly we approach the Father through that. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for hearing our prayers. Lord, it is an amazing thing that you desire communion with us, that you desire to hear our deepest cares, our deepest concerns, Lord God. Oftentimes we run to so many other places, Lord. Forgive us. The God of the universe, our creator, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb, calls us to come to him, to come to you, Lord. And so, Lord, this week, may we spend time in prayer, even when we don't know what to say. Lord, your desire is that we come to you and turn our eyes towards you. To lay out our concerns, our cares, to worship you, Lord God. To thank you. To walk with you. And that changes our perspective. That changes everything, God. So, May we center ourselves on you today and through this week, God, and the days ahead. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.